1: Chrissy Teigen referred to Donald Trump as
2: a pussy ass bitch. Look, he's a sick puppy. He, he shouldn't be. He shouldn't be there.
0: Well, I lost
2: half a day of skiing. I'm right, gonna punch him out, and I'm gonna to go to jail, and I'm gonna be happy. The Sub Podcast.
1: A speaker has not been elected. Hello, this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I'm Amanda Duberman, the news director at Betches.
3: I'm Elise Morales, comedian and writer of the Betches Sub newsletter.
4: And I'm Sammy Sage, host of the Morning Announcements podcast and chief creative officer at Betches.
1: Hello, Sammy. Hello, everybody. I feel like we've been spiritually communicating via each other's podcasts recently, (laughs) so it's nice to all be in the same place. Feels thank good. you,
4: thank you so much for stepping in for oh, me in my time of need. You know, <laughs> I really, really appreciate it, and th- I know the listeners do too. Because you know, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, it's a job. It's so, a I don't job. Know How you
1: do that every day?
4: <laughs> well, I, it's kind of like at least doing the newsletter for right, right every day. It's like it kind of just becomes part of your yeah. existence. Your morning.
3: Yeah. Your morning announcements.
4: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's actually like the one part of my life besides maybe like brushing my teeth. That's like, it's the... Only thing
1: that's equally as consistent as that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would well, say Well, we appreciate that. we appreciate your service, and we you're like nominated for a pot like People's Choice Podcast Award, and we'll be sharing more information about that to make sure we clinch that for sure. Oh yeah, so I don't know if like the audience is allowed
4: to vote, but it might. Oh. I'll let you know. I think well, it was the audience votes to put you like on as a finalist. Ooh, and now we go to a jury. I I think. Wow. Let me. We'll confirm. Yes, but of um, course, I'm sure everyone's <laughs> going to be. Sneak peek. Yeah, early mm-hmm. sneak peek, but either way, we got to finalist. And if that was the only thing that people's democratic voting power was able to <laughs> um, achieve, then that's wonderful. We can't force Congress, aka the podcast People's Choice Board, to you know make the right decisions. It's just not up to us. But we it's a representative this. podcast award democracy. Clearly,
1: we have going here. Clearly, clearly, <laughs> uh, Elise, how are you? How was your weekend?
3: Um, weekend was good, surprisingly, like, busy and full of things. I did a little improv this weekend, which I felt like I was, like, dusting off, like, my old, (laughs) yeah, my old, like, not even hobby, like, my old, like, life's mission, (laughs) (laughs)
1: Casual.
3: Yeah, so, honestly, really, really fun, uh, great weekend. Not much to report other than that.
1: And now we find ourselves on another 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 weekday in the summer of 2023 20, on indictment watch. Is Today's number, <laughs> we will get right into it. Today's number is four, because that is the number of indictments Donald Trump will have under his belt by the end of this week, like for sure, uh, it's coming this week. Uh, probably today or tomorrow, me and Sammy have been like trying to read between the lines of things that have come out. I thought it was going to be today simply because we do know when I try to take leisure time or enjoy myself, Trump is indicted and today is my birthday. So I think it's definitely oh, going day. to be today. And it's likely coming today. Oh, Amanda, that doesn't, that bodes. It bodes, bodes it off, just though, way,
4: well. Just the, the range of expressions you on know. Sammy's
1: face, the delight at realizing it was my birthday, followed by the realization that Maybe that will be paired, <laughs> yeah. But also,
4: it's kind of a birthday present.
1: Yes. But oh, yeah.
4: That will always non, be the that would know,
1: always be the date that Donald Trump was indicted. Me and Halle Berry's birthday. I oh, mean, you'll never forget be on it. Brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would. Right. It's always on brand. Amanda's like a news
4: witch, so it's like something about your energy. It's part of like the the cosmos at this point if
1: i dare to walk away and like sign off early today and take a walk it it, it will happen so uh look alive sammy <laughs> oh i'm i'm here but here's the thing
4: i yeah indictment watch is getting a little bit yeah it's losing its luster a little bit but i'd rather be on indictment watch than not on indictment watch so absolutely
1: i you know I'd rather not be in an indictment drought. I would rather be swimming in indictments for sure. It's
4: something you want to have too much of.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
4: And this
3: is, I feel like a really good one, because this is the state level one where like if he were to become president again, which we all hope (laughs) is not the case, but if he were to somehow do that again, this is the one that he like can't pardon himself Mm. out of.
4: So. Yeah. And she also, I also think that Bonnie Willis is the least likely to play ball with, a, you know, kind of go yeah. easy just because people are like, please go easy. Right. Yeah. You know? So that's why, that's why she's my favorite indictment. Also my mother's favorite yeah. indictment.
1: <laughs> um, this is my favorite storyline. She story talks line. about her. Your mom has been fixated yeah. on this particular indictment.
4: Yeah. her her estranged husband passed away, but she's very, very focused on the indictment. Um, <laughs>
1: <Well>. <laughs> as Listen, whatever helps. Whatever you know, dictator. <laughs> <off>
4: <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. so yeah, we're very excited about this one. It's kind of like the finale, you know, yeah. it's yeah. the yeah, fireworks nice finale. show mm-hmm. of the...
1: Criminal. It really is. It really is. And it is great that it's so Fonnie Willis is super interesting. She's the Democratic District Attorney and the first black woman to serve in that role in Fulton County. Her dad was also a lawyer, who's a defense attorney. Specifically, he was also a Black Panther. So it just sort of like adds to the satisfaction and and, and makes this, this indictment definitely a, a, a contender for top indictment because she'll be charging for a for president who employed white supremacy to animate his base to aid his attempt to overturn the election result. So he has obviously been attacking her. It is so crazy how openly he is attacking everybody. Like this morning, he's saying one of these witnesses really shouldn't go. I don't know him. He said to this woman, I don't know why this is like, he's just referred to her as a young woman, a young racist in Atlanta.
3: (laughs) A young racist in Atlanta is very
1: funny. I don't know why. It's just so, so specific. (laughs) And it's just like a it's just a just it's just a da
3: well it's very interesting also that he's going so hard on attacking her by name attacking witnesses by name when in his uh penultimate indictment i guess (laughs) 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 the judge has been like like, yeah a big issue in that case is like making sure that he doesn't post about people and doesn't attack them by name and that's kind of like one of the things that he and his team are going back and forth about in the washington dc election fraud case mm-hmm. so it's like it is incredible his inability to like learn anything like literally he's to having ever meetings. shut the fuck up yeah he's having meetings right now in his other case about how the DOJ like tried to get this protective order and how he's not supposed to post about stuff while posting about the new case.
4: (laughs) Well, I think that like, it's sort of like, if he were to respond the normal way, like the way a legal, like a person would when they're under some sort of order from a judge that would almost like undermine the whole thing. Like he can't stop. It's, it, there's no option for him other than to do this. I think mm-hmm. the bigger question is what comes out of it and what do we cover of it? Because I feel mm-hmm. like I've been reading his little messages and they're they're very, I will say they have been pretty funny, but <laughs> I don't want like anyone else to read them. Like I right. want, right. and I only want to hear about them as far as they are relevant to his to the cases mm-hmm. that he will be held accountable for those statements. Because his whole thing, like, I, I'm actually watching them, like, come up on my TV. Like, he's, mm-hmm. he, he did a whole speech outside a helicopter, mm-hmm. as usual. Like, he, you know, he's, at least, you said the other day when I sent you his little Mike Pence tweet. Yes. In a return <laughs> to form. Yes. Little with the apostrophe in the wrong place. Here, I'm doing it again. I'm talking about it. But. <laughs> yeah. He Yeah, he knows what he's doing. He can't stop doing this. It doesn't matter because think about like he he did this insurrection and he's still just Mm -hmm. getting charged. Mm -hmm. So he knows that there's they can't keep up with his malfeasance no matter how hard they try.
3: I actually I had to look at his truth social page today because I was including a quote. I was including a, like, quote tweet of him in the newsletter and I've been tricked before by fake Donald Trump (laughs) Truth social posts. (laughs) So I had to, like, go to his page to make sure that this was a real, like, actual thing that he posted. And it is wild. He is posting constantly on there. (laughs) All caps. Long paragraphs. Crazy stuff. And I was like, again, return to form. I was like, god damn. He is i don't think there's ever been a more online politician it's just like because it's on this it's weirdly siloed onto his own personal blog basically because right his truth social page has to be the only truth social that gets any traffic of any (laughs) kind like I, i i don't even know how many users it has but it was absolutely bizarre to look at it. And I was like, this is a cursed page. But it's nice
1: <laughs> that you didn't know until you looked.
4: Yeah. <laughs> no. It's like a live journal, kind of, but really yes. live. You know, he's like vlogging his. Yes. He's an old school blogger at Definitely. this point. You know? It's he's, in his head, yeah. and then it's the yeah. truth. It's well, also yeah. must be so fascinating to be inside the DOJ mm-hmm. and you're watching him create pages of evidence mm-hmm. as you're doing right. this. He's. Yeah, I mean, he's just gonna keep. This is part of the strategy. He's gonna do this until, it, until the election or whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's just he. This is how he is. There's when no tomorrow. Saying, as you say, there's election. just pushing. <laughs> there's just pushing. I do have to say that, like, for a 78 year old, right, 79 maybe, he's not. He is fairly savvy with the internet. Um, he's yeah. definitely our. Governments, uh, not government. He's our um, octogenarian class's most savvy internet user Mm -hmm. by a lot. He's definitely got
1: message discipline. He just only calls (laughs) Jack Smith deranged. (laughs) Deranged (laughs) is so funny, especially because because you look at Jack Smith and nobody could could not be farther from deranged.
4: Is just so, is he could be mentally
1: ill and deranged?
4: Yeah, like you've never seen someone so just. Right, standing there, like saying barely anything, and his voice is not even like make fun ofable. It's mm-hmm. sort of non-threatening, I would say. Not it's to also be very funny sexist.
3: that he's deranged in his posting about deranged Jackson. <laughs> right. Like again, his page reads like someone where like you call your mom and you're like, "Have you he's seen Uncle Tommy's page?" Like, like I think someone needs to call him and see. He's right. posting a lot. Like,
1: <laughs> yep. Like, no, absolutely. If this was a private citizen, if this was anybody else, tr- truly their their family would be rallying around them and trying to come up uh, with a solution. I mean, we're going to come back to kind of like the impact of all of these indictments on 2024 in the main news segment. One thing that is another thing about him, like continuing to tweet is that I believe Judge Chuckin was telling his lawyers at the hearing last week, like, we have to make this quick and speedy because the longer we wait to have this trial, the more time there is for your client to say shit that he should not. So like if it's if you want to make this like prolong this, then have him shut the fuck up because he's he's already trying to intimidate witnesses. He's already trying to influence whatever juries they're going to be. We have to make this fast simply to like get ahead of his deranged truth. So it's like <laughs> kind of satisfying that that might come back to sort of bite him, but I'm sure I'm sure his he doesn't listen to anything his lawyers say.
3: Absolutely not.
4: Yeah, they literally would have to put a muzzle on him. (laughs) Yeah. Or, and on
1: his hands as well.
2: Mm
4: -hmm.
1: You would have to put him in a padded room if they want him to stop talking. Sam, you know how you say there's probably, like, there's probably, like, three Taylor Swifts doing that show. They need to just clone (laughs) him three and just, like, keep his his out-of-pocket ones in the back and pull out his, like, more subdued clone for for shit like this. I don't think any of the clones are going to be on the right side of legality, to be honest. <laughs> There's a fundamental
4: no. glitch. <laughs> yeah.
3: It, this is it. No. Him. I feel like, I can't remember what show it was, but there was a show where, like, it was a cartoon, and, like, every clone got slightly more fucked up
1: than the last <laughs>
3: clone, and I feel like that's what we're dealing with oh, with the God. Donald Trump clone, is, like, they're weirder and crazier. <laughs>
1: yeah. So right. this is probably, like, the 16th version. I mean, yeah. the smaller
4: you make the gene pool, mm-hmm. the issues, mm, more, yeah. more issues. So, yeah, no, this is... It's frightening, um, but the, uh, the the part that I find even more frightening on some level is that my own reaction to it, it's like I built a tolerance. Like, yeah. you know, I need, it, there's nothing that he could do at this point that I'm like going to react strongly to. And my worry is that the rest of the American public feels even more disengaged because I can at least look at it and be like, okay, this is so fucked up and like. Maybe my emotions aren't as high as they were back in the day,
1: mm-hmm.
4: but because you need to protect yourself. You can't right. be running yeah. at that. Also, he's not president.
1: Right. But, don't, that hypervigilance isn't there because like, car, he is not currently president. Right. He's somewhat neutralized yeah. a little. but For now. Yeah.
4: But so I'm just worried that like everyone else is just going to be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And they're not going to like see that this is the, ins- the insurrection
1: continued. Right. I mean, that is like his, like, I don't want to say the genius thing he does. It's just like, because he, you are constantly, it's constantly pouring. It's an like exploitation non- of
4: human nature more right. than it's genius. It's right. just, you can't, he you a, can't
1: pinpoint yeah. any, anything to get particularly enraged about or to draw attention to when he's constantly doing it, which adds to his narrative that he's being piled on because he's doing shit constantly. It's like, yeah, he's like, Oh, isn't it crazy? I have four indictments. Yeah bitch be- because you did a bunch of crimes. You lived a
4: life of crime and you have managed <laughs> to evade it till, till now. So actually consider yourself a success at this point. Because mm-hmm. he's not even going to go to jail. Probably. Like, probably. Even if he's convicted, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or there's some sort of deal worked out where he can't be president. The man will at worst be living at Mar-a-Lago and between Bedminster and Mar-a-Lago with whatever frequency he wants while like being watched by the secret service okay so he's you know that's the worst he'll experience yeah i bet you they'll still like, let him truth from now from time to time
3: yeah and like he'll probably if he wants to get his like rally fix he'll like right. have people he'll like stand on his own fucking lawn and have people come <laughs> <Yeah. down> there
4: <laughs> he'll have it's, secret sessions
1: yeah inside <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's a it's sessions. a public
4: club. Like they're yeah. not gonna be like, you can't go to your house. That's the mm-hmm. public club. He'll still do stuff.
1: I want him to go to prison mainly because I do want to see what the man looks like when he doesn't have access to like his hair dye, his self tanner, whatever just whatever elaborate thing he does to I mean he does look insane, but I just I, I bet he probably looks a hundred year old hundred years old. There's still gonna, ten he's days. Still have access. Those, he's there's no
4: circumstance that he would go to jail. Like yeah. actual prison. But yeah, so he'll always have those things. Maybe they wouldn't let him like be visible because you can't, I don't know, who knows what limitations they would maybe put on it, but (sighs) yeah, it's. I don't know. I think next year is maybe going to kick us back into feeling things again. We'll see. I think so, too.
1: I think so, too. The specter of him potentially becoming president. We'll come back to him and his campaigning. Uh, But first for main News, the first part of main News today, we're going to set the scene for this (laughs) weekend's Republican Coachella, a.k.a. the Iowa State Fair. So the Republican primaries horrifyingly are beginning in five months. Oh, my God. The Iowa caucus is on January 15th for Republicans. Democrats are starting somewhere else. Plus, it's, it's irrelevant. Uh, Five months away. The GOP primary is next week, or the first debate, rather. GOP candidates flock to Iowa to grill pork chops with its governor and try unsuccessfully for the most part to convince voters and conservative (laughs) tastemakers. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. Tastemakers. It's rude that they put this debate
4: before Labor Day. I'm just going to throw that out there. But
1: it really is. The the vibes are so off for all of us to have to be super attentive to the news right now. It's Nobody's in the mood for this. September.
3: I know i'm You're, gonna be gonna in be florida away. and i'm like i'm gonna have to sneak away because i'll be in mixed political company and i'm like i can't <laughs> oh God. i can't be dealing with this
1: <laughs> no the most circulated moment from the weekend was probably Vivek ramaswamy rapping uh eminem's lose it yourself which was a was that was a moment that was a choice that made me yeah. feel okay. weird that was so l to the
4: og you'd <laughs> yeah. be the og yeah. But at the same time, I felt I watched the
1: video. It almost felt like it was off the cuff.
4: Yeah, he just kind of started.
1: I guess Kim Reynolds, the Iowa governor, sits down with all of these people. I don't know, like how she how she got this gig because it makes like and why like she gets to like make Iowa so influential because she does these little chats with them. But I guess she asked all of them. Yeah, they guess. I guess she asked all of them their like walk off song, their like leaving hype song, and he said that, and so they started playing it as he left, and then he was like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take it away. Right. It was um, I, he's apparently doing really, quote, unquote, yeah. well, this was happening. Right. As he's like, there was like two big polls that came out last week and one of them had DeSantis in second and the other had him in second. And they're still pretty far from Trump. But what do you think that that's so interesting to me that this guy is sneaking up? Like, who do you think he's appealing to that that he might be like he seems to be like on his way to being anointed the you know Trump alternative? Why is that?
4: You know, I'll be honest. I kind of see it. I see that because he he has an interesting story, and my guess is that to that type of person, he has a level of charisma and a history that appeals to them. Mm-hmm. I think they like that, even though he comes from like he built. He's pretty self made. That he is still a conservative and just as you think like oh maybe maybe he isn't a total psycho you read that he thinks climate change is a hoax
1: mm-hmm.
4: um yeah. and then you're like well he obviously hates gay people <laughs> yeah. and abortion you know but then i'm like what does this guy really think what does he really know about governing and what would he actually do once he got there and it he's a he's a big wild card cuz yeah. he could maybe win because people don't know cuz he's never been in government before so and, and there's this belief that, like, if you run a business, you could run the government. Fucking mm-hmm. false. But I will just say that there—that is a belief that exists. So he sort yeah. of gives me, like, um, conservative Bloomberg vibes. Um, yeah. So we'll see.
3: And I feel like he literally is just benefiting from the exact same narrative that Donald Trump benefited from. So it would make sense that if people— want an alternative to trump namely because he's you know going to be indicted four times or whatever because republicans like any of their it seems like especially the base like any opposition to trump is just like almost situational they're like oh well Mm -hmm. he's kind of like tainted for all these other reasons and blah 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 so it's like vivek ramaswamy has all the Trump outsider credentials, all all of... And, like, the stuff that Donald Trump benefited in 20, from in 2016, which is zero record of anything. So he can just kind of say whatever, make wild claims. He's not actually running totally. against, like, having done anything. And, funnily enough, as kind of was demonstrated by the lose yourself, he is a little... <laughs> swaggier than the yeah. other ones. Like I would say. Like he I mean, has a little more a charisma. Yeah. Yeah. Like what like Ron DeSantis is crashing and burning. His campaign is doing really quite yes. badly compared to what the expectations were. And a lot of it is because he is completely swagless. Absolutely. And like probably could not rap lose yourself to any, uh, to any standard at all. Like, I mean, I think we're going to get into it, but Trump basically Ron? trolled him for not yeah. being likable and not being cool <laughs> at all during the actual thing. So I feel like Ramaswamy at least, I mean, he seems cool in a way of like, like in a very Kendall Roy-esque yeah, totally. way. Totally. Like yeah, like the tech bro Mm -hmm. vibe. Like people who think Elon Musk is cool and funny will probably think Vivek Ramaswamy is cool, but like no one thinks that Ron DeSantis is cool in any level.
4: Ron DeSantis, I would say that his the failure of his campaign is one hundred percent due to the fact that he has not one ounce of charisma Mm -hmm. to the point that he comes off. He has no riz. He -hmm. has. He has Ted Cruz levels of off-puttingness, mm-hmm. <laughs> but like almost worse, I think. Um it's, it's it's cringier. It's it's cringier in a way. And because it's more it's, unexpected. <laughs> it's also like there's more aggression in what he has done. So mm-hmm. his like cruelty is also shining through really mm-hmm. clear. So I think DeSantis is he has a big personality problem, but. But agree, Bible yeah. Vibhra- Brahmaswamy is he seems like he I don't want I don't know. I don't I haven't seen enough about him to like really get a full picture, but it's not, you know. Yeah, based he's on that a charisma
1: void. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And that's the best you can ask for that's sometimes. The best you can ask here. So we'll come back to Trump briefly. He came and went to this thing pretty quickly, but he still drew the largest crowd. At one point, like Lee said he and his campaign came to troll Ron DeSantis. They uh his plane flew overhead. Well, I don't know if they timed this, but while Ron DeSantis was addressing the crowd, so then the crowd got distracted and began like cheering for the yeah, cheering for the for the plane. They probably timed it. And then the Trump campaign paid for a banner that flew over the air and just said "Be likable, Ron." I just wonder like who was uh, so the fucking coffee? funny. Like, Come on. That is hilarious. Should we put on it and you think? do you think be likable? Ron was the first idea.
4: <laughs> no, I think be likable. I think probably someone else came up with be likable, and Trump thought that that was like very funny. <laughs>
3: yeah, it it is it is very funny.
2: <laughs> it is.
3: It's actually I, the I meanest, it, but it's the really meanest funny dig that he could possibly <laughs> somebody like
1: crossed the picket line to write that. Damn, I I actually hate how good it was.
3: (laughs) It cuts to the core of like Ron's (laughs) issues. And I feel like I feel like Trump's struggle to find a nickname for Ron DeSantis Mm -hmm. is going to end soon. And I think it might be unlikable Ron.
4: That, that blows, damn, Elise. Yes. That really, he hasn't even done that though.
3: He hasn't done it, but I think that we if could, he's putting be likable Ron on a banner, I think unlikable Ron DeSantis is coming steps away. Is, is mm-hmm. steps away because I feel like that is very direct and to the point. I mean, it's literally the equivalent of being like nerd, like. <laughs> like
4: <laughs> but it's also like okay. It's really on, it's true. Right. Like, it's really true. If Ron
1: DeSantis and Donald Trump were both um, in seventh grade together, like, this would be bullying. Somebody would be suspended. In this case, it's very, it's very funny because this man, like we said, has absolutely no riz whatsoever. And just like to see one of the most loathsome people on the planet, like, steal your thunder that way is crazy. I, I actually believe that, like,
4: Like, in terms of intentions, like, Ron DeSantis, I think, is actively crueler to more Mm -hmm. people on purpose than Donald Trump. I think for Donald Trump, everybody is just collateral in his own pursuit of self, of whatever it is. It's more Mm -hmm. about apathy and not giving a fuck about anyone else. Ron DeSantis, I think, actually wants to hurt people, like, on purpose, a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's why... I find this to be I can laugh at this. Mm-hmm.
2: Not Being that I likeable, think Trump should wrong. be the
4: candidate, God yeah. forbid, but no, or no Ron DeSantis. Right. But I think both of them should scat
1: Well, amid all of these indictments, I think there is some like, there is some room to acknowledge like it could be logistically not possible for this man to, to win the nomination. And maybe over time people will start to realize that. So who do we think will surface as the favorite? Do you think that this, these, this new poll showing Ron DeSantis falling behind is maybe more kind of coming to terms with the fact that I think Ron DeSantis was the anointed one. And like you said, now people see him open his mouth and that he's a weird dude. And like, they like vibes they like vibes and they don't like this guy's vibe he could not
4: no Ron DeSantis is someone who will is just he can't work
1: personnel unlikable yeah unlikable, unlikable Ron. Ron DeSantis. Unlikable it's, it's, Ron it.
3: DeSantis. <laughs> it's just not gonna
1: work that's it it has the same cadence as unsinkable molly brown i think that's yes. what i like it yes <laughs> yes
4: i was like but that that's... really flows yeah we should make um, the title of the episode,
1: though. Unlikable Ron DeSantis. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
3: Well, it's, I think that there's really no worse. Na- like, I feel like Ron DeSantis is getting the Jeb Bush treatment. There is no yes. worse narrative that you could have than that you are unlikable <laughs> and that you are that your personality sucks. Right. Like that. It, is the worst as a politician narrative that he could have. So I, I actually really am starting to feel like if Trump is out for logistical reasons, Mm -hmm. it's not going to be Ron DeSantis. And I think we're going to have to see how these debates go Mm -hmm. to see who kind of emerges. I know, I mean, Vivek Ramaswamy is doing better in the polls, I think, Like we just said, he appeals to people who like the Trump outsideriness of it all. Um, I know Tim Scott has a lot of like personal backing of like establishment people, but I don't know if that wins you a Republican primary. I just honestly think that they're going to pick Trump again come hell or high water.
4: Mm -hmm. I think it could end up being an absolute shit show because there could be uh, something that he, they could pick him, and then he could be unable to run, mm-hmm. and then what is it? Ooh, his baby. VP? Yeah. Like, what is the what happens there? So if you need a
1: backup nominee. I don't know. We all look into that, though. That's so, fascinating. I mean, I don't think the Constitution
4: put that in there because mm-hmm. usually you're not supposed to be running for president if you did a, a sedition. But okay, <laughs> different, whatever. We'll talk about that another time. But yeah. I, I totally agree with you. An election is a popularity contest, and Ron DeSantis is. Probably the least popular kid in this high school.
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's getting worse by the day. Yeah.
2: Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click
1: All right. Next up in May news, we'll discuss another story that is definitely going to influence the 2024 election. Attorney General Merrick Garland announced on Friday that he's appointing the U.S. attorney for Delaware, David Weiss, as special counsel to lead the investigation into Hunter Biden. What's interesting about this, and I don't really know what to make of this, is like this guy asked specifically, he was like, can I be special counsel now? And then Merrick Garland was like, yeah, sure. He was already the one handling this investigation, so I guess the change means, in Merrick Garland's announcement, he just said, the appointment confirms my commitment to provide Mr. Weiss all of the resources he requests, and it reaffirms that Mr. Weiss has the authority he needs to conduct a thorough investigation, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, as he-
4: There's something they're not telling us about how this went down, and we'll find out one day. <laughs> Hopefully soon. Yeah. I don't really understand it's all weird. This something's weird. There's with a missing the p- piece
1: about the special counsel. Well, this appointment. Is, okay. Yeah. I have a lot of questions as you, as everybody knows Hunter, even though we probably haven't talked about it on this podcast, but everybody knows <laughs> Hunter yeah. Biden had a plea deal with the government to plead guilty to tax evasion and a gun charge, a diversion agreement. But as long as he didn't have to serve prison time. And also this is important. He was going to be immune from any additional charges in the future. And I think that included like, like obviously there's, you know, people are investigating him for things that do not exist, like using his connections to like enrich himself. But it seems like that might've been like part of the package, I guess, neither side was willing to acknowledge that that wasn't the case, that he would be immune from something like that. So the deal came apart in a fairly dramatic fashion in July. The two sides did not seem aligned on that immunity part and the judge was not happy with it either. So they were asked to resolve their differences and they have not, they have not done that. So, this could go to a trial. You would think, I would think that Republicans would be really happy that there's a special counsel, but like that might indicate that, it, you know, the administration is taking these, you know, charges very seriously. But they're super whiny about it. They don't like this prosecutor because he did already offer Hunter Biden that deal. So they're like, just fuck this guy. We're, we can't trust him. Uh, House Republicans, but nobody else in America are the, this fixated on Hunter Biden. Nobody cares but the 200 and whatever House Republicans.
4: Oh, the Republicans
1: just need, they just,
4: it's kind of like you can't let the ball drop, hit the floor. Like you yeah. got to keep mm-hmm. the ball in the air. So they're just, mm-hmm. they are they know that no one's reading that closely into this. And they're right. just like, we're mad, Hunter Biden, there's nothing beyond it. Like we are so, at the obviously not, at this yeah. point, the country is so polarized and getting things from such a di- just divergent perspective that like nothing is ever going beyond, oh, Hunter Biden, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like mad, we're mad again. Like, it's not about anything. It's like, we have to keep the ball in the air. We have to keep this talking point going for another year. So we got to be mad. We can't be like, yeah, you guys took care of it. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So, (laughs) you know. It's
3: just very, like... At first they were like, why isn't there a special counsel, blah, 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 And now they get one and they're like, well, we don't like that one. Mm-hmm. Even though, Even he though was he's like-
4: Trump appointed and has yes. been investigating by Hunter Biden since the Trump administration. Yes. But they're mad and they're saying this is just another way for the Biden oh, Biden-run DOJ to to yes. protect this son. It's like they's going to be protected in a trial? Right. <laughs> right.
3: Yeah, and they're mad because there were like there were those two IRS whistleblowers who like last mm-hmm. month they went and testified and they were like, you know, Hunter Biden's been being shielded. And one of the things that they said was like that David Weiss specifically tried to bring charges against him in California and Washington, but then prosecutors in those jurisdictions didn't want to play ball with him. So he was shielded. Now that David Weiss is the special counsel, he's able to bring charges in Washington and California if he wants. But so, but now Mm -hmm. they're not mad about that anymore. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's the like, their whole thing is to be constantly aggrieved. So you can't acknowledge any wins or that anything was done to your liking because then you can't be aggrieved. And I also feel like they're trying to make this the like, but what about her emails mm-hmm, of 2024? Mm-hmm, yeah. And I just don't think it has the juice because people don't hate... The the, the average people don't hate Hunter Biden or have feelings about Hunter Biden on the level that we learned they had (laughs) about
4: Hillary Clinton. Right. He's also not the person. Yeah. He's not even the person. He's not the guy. It's not him. It's not about his own thing. Right. It's like, also, I think another piece of this is that people realize that Hunter Biden is someone who has an addiction. And I think that a lot of people have family members or circumstances where they're like, where they have a family member who's done something due to an addiction. Mm -hmm. And they're like not going to I don't think that like the majority of people are going to not vote for Biden because of his son's issues. I think that they see a father who loves their son and that's like what the normal person sees. Not
1: like the Fox News
4: adult psycho.
1: Well, and then the House Republicans, they have to maintain this specter for which there's no evidence that like Hunter Biden was bringing his dad in on some of his business deals. So, like, I guess like there's no evidence of any wrongdoing on the president's part at all. But House Republicans are like, absolutely, this is going to open an impeachment inquiry which is again, just to have something to talk about. There is nothing, absolutely nothing there. And they're going to be like, an inquiry just means that we're just going to look into things. But like, I feel like if they're going to open an inquiry, they're going to probably impeach him. And then it's like, are we looking at a fucking Biden impeachment over nothing next year? Or I do also think like, yeah, and not all that does is cheap impeachment, cheap impeachment. I think it's, I think voters are like, don't want are kind of exhausted by that. They see right through it. I don't know. I like you guys were saying, I don't know if this is like a politically uh, favorable thing for them to be constantly pursuing. Like when you like r- the Republicans that are electing Republicans because they want Republicans to execute conservative policies, that's fixating on Hunter Biden. Isn't that like, I, I think feel it, like just, it could backfire. Yeah. I hope so.
4: I honestly think that it won't necessarily backfire. I just think it continues to degrade Situation. Yeah. It's like, imagine like the foundation of all of this just chip, chip, chip away. This just chips away at engagement, makes people more dissolute, more disillusioned. And ultimately, it could matter, but only as like a pile on. But I think, yeah. but at the end of the day, we are seeing people come out in elections because they're like, okay, fuck that. What about my uterus? you know, and I think that, or like my kid or who's, you know, I think that that's what's really driving people out. And I think people are now just so jaded by the media and how these things are, I can't, the media, how things are covered (laughs) and what bullshit these politicians are engaged in that they're just like, okay, well, at the end of the day, I know I need to come out and vote for my body, my reproductive rights Mm -hmm. and my children and climate. And that's what's, ultimately going to get people to go out next year, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, who are we going out for?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. There's clearly people that are motivated by electing candidates that are going to protect like their abortion rights. I think that is more motivating than like, oh, let me reelect these clowns that we're trying to like get hunter biden in prison for the past like three years like for yeah you're right the the he's like a former addict with young children like people are like more inclined to be like yeah just like leave him alone yeah
3: yeah again we like talked about this last week when we were talking about ohio but i just feel like the republican party is completely off Base about what is motivating people to come to the polls? They they were off base in the midterms when so many candidates went on it all in on like election denialism, and it turns out that's really really unpopular. They are off base on abortion. They're off base on climate, which again is in the news because of everything that's going on in Maui and all of like yeah. It's just they don't have a an actual grip on what motivates people and fires them up and like i'm sure if we were to talk to like really hardcore republicans they care about the hunter biden thing and maybe like people who watch a lot of fox news are vaguely interested in the hunter biden thing but i don't even think it has the juice of other like scandals that motivated quote unquote scandals again, like of Hillary or people who were motivated by being angry about how the pandemic was handled. Like, I don't think that it like people who have like Fauci conspiracy theories and stuff. Like, I don't even think this has that juice behind it either.
4: I think that they confuse like ratings and enthusiasm on like the daily discourse with being And like being sort of representative of what will happen in an election. But their issue is that it's not like everyone in America has always been voting and you're just trying to like get a few middle people to switch sides. There's so many disengaged people who are now just starting to vote who are like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to vote for the side that's going to save my rights or not. Yeah. You know, so I think that like they're trying to just win over people who are already engaged. They're not thinking about, like, how do I bring in a new person? And I don't think anyone's going to be brought in by, like, this abuse of the president's son who has, an like, a real common problem. Like, I don't think that that's yeah. going to be like, oh, let me see what these politicians have done for me lately. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think that that's going to get people to be engaged in democracy. So, Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, I agree. It would be it would be incredible to continue to watch Republican conservative politicians actions backfire on them. It's really a trend that I think should stick around for a while.
3: It does feel good. It does feel
1: good. All right. Finally today for our men. Okay. We have an update on the deranged billionaire at cage fight. And the <laughs> update is that like, maybe this saga is over. I want to talk about this, but I also fucking hate this, but I still yeah. want to talk about it. According yeah. to Mark Zuckerberg, this is over. The meta CEO said that despite agreeing to must challenge for a cage fight, he has not heard anything from Musk about it. Zuckerberg posted on threads that he like wanted to do it. He pursued the fight in earnest. He'd even coordinated with the UFC president to hold event for charity, uh, but that Elon won't confirm a date and that if Elon wants to get serious, they can do it. Uh Elon apparently asked for a practice round in Zuckerberg's backyard. (laughs) Get a trainer. What? (sighs) Yep, absolutely. This was also surprising because a few days ago Elon Musk posted that the fight would be held in Rome. This is all deranged. Uh, and that he'd already coordinated with the Italian prime minister, who is that uh, fascist girl boss, right? Uh, yeah, to make it yeah, happen yeah. at an epic location. And that all proceeds would go to veterans as well as pediatric hospitals in Italy. Anyway, what is this? I am actually genuinely wondering if the two are coordinating to get traffic to their respective social platforms by engaging in this. Because Mark's posting his shit on threads. It's like Elon's best performing X content. I just hate it. What are they doing? Or do you think they Genuinely, we're ready to get in a ring and fight each other. I No, I think Zuckerberg was ready to get in a ring and fight.
4: Yes. Yeah. And Elon Musk is like trying to bring traffic to this and himself and make himself seem macho. But Zuckerberg, if you read their texts, because like Elon Musk posted their text or something, Zuckerberg's like, yeah, like, let's just do the fight already and like Mm -hmm. wrap it up. And Musk who will fucking lose because look at Zuckerberg. <laughs> yeah. These days.
3: Zuckerberg like actually I yeah. mean I don't think he's the world's greatest fighter but he is actually <laughs> training to yeah. like like Elon he was training Musk before was this. Get his ass handed to yeah. him.
4: He was training before this. Like for fun. Mm-hmm. I
3: think I think that what we are seeing here is that <laughs> Musk and Zuck are two very different type of nerds which <laughs> is that Zuckerberg is self-serious to an enormous degree and like um like kind of straightforward in a very weird way of like yes i will train and i will fight you (laughs) and elon musk is a troll who none nothing that he said everything that he says is just he he is he's always quote unquote joking none of it's ever real he doesn't actually mean anything he's kind of like slippery mercurial kind of guy whereas elon whereas zuckerberg is a robot who mm-hmm. is like we have agreed to fight and now the <laughs> yeah. fight will take place and uh-huh. and so that's why he seems like i thought that we agreed to have a fight you yeah. said it publicly that we were gonna fight and elon musk like
1: <laughs> is, is so like, ridiculous
4: like but- yeah it's
3: just like we're dealing with two uh-huh. du- dudes on the opposite end of this weird polarity. Yeah.
4: I'm going to be honest. I think we're also dealing with two undiagnosed individuals uh, yeah, think. who are, Acting like I think this Elon is Elon
1: Musk is diagnosed. <laughs> right? Whatever they are
4: yeah. diagnosed, yeah. we're not talking about it in that mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not talking about it as a clinical situation, <laughs> which right. it is. Let's right. be clear, like <laughs> right. you know. But I, I, think, I mean, I mean, the
1: segment is our men, okay? From a clinical point no. of view, absolutely not. <laughs> no. Yeah,
4: but no. I, I also think that with the Zuckerberg piece,
1: yes, it's that he takes it
4: at face value. But I also think that this speaks to like how they each are as businessmen, like, yeah, they're actually Zuck, Zuck might steal things, you know, he might steal all his products or, or do this through acquisition, but there is a real company. There is mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. value. He's doing it. There's an organization, which makes it, in my opinion, ever more disappointing when you have, uh, things like what happened in Malaysia with that genocide that he could have made not happen potentially, mm-hmm. um, because he does know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Musk is, to your point, like he's just trolling. It's not, nothing's real. It's all irony. It's all couched in, in, was I serious? Like, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, and there's a, the, the mystery, the slipperiness, like you said, is is what makes people drawn to him. No one's like, I idolize Zuckerberg. But I think everyone can just objectively see that, what, that he would win and that he's real
1: about it and that. His company he is also, runs also runs the a real, real company. company
4: yeah. Right. It's like... <laughs>
1: Right. That's not the, like the yeah. subject of clownery every single day, many days, but not right. every day. Whereas I mean, it Twitter has its, is every day. It has its issues, but it is real. They yeah. pay their
4: rent. As far <laughs> as I know, they have toilet paper in the bathroom. Actually, you know,
1: they're right. not changing the name because. Also you, Elon Musk literally like he needs back surgery. Like he's like, I can't fight like this man. You know, this man is probably like lying immobilized, just like shit posting at, at Mark Zuckerberg. I could fight just as well as Elon Musk Definitely. Yeah. I could
3: He was gonna get rocked. He was gonna get absolutely
4: rocked by he could Mark have killed him. He could have killed him, but actually. What
1: do you think it would do to society to see Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg? I feel like it was never gonna happen. Yeah, I think that's right.
3: No. Elon Musk was never serious. No.
1: Yeah. He was unserious the entire time. He
4: called the, he called it, he's going to have it at the Coliseum. Okay.
3: Okay. (laughs)
4: Italy's going to
1: let you do this? He tweets these things and then he probably just like watches the traffic to see if he can like get it to spike. It's just desperate.
4: I don't even think the Coliseum has like a cleared area. If I remember correctly, it's It's like all just like
1: piles of rocks. Mark and Elon didn't even really have like an established beef that either one needed to win until this. And now Mark Zuckerberg just comes out looking. Like he won some, like won a fight that Elon Musk did not even need to like instigate.
4: I mean, I would put him, I, he's a better in my Mm -hmm. mind than Elon Musk at everything. So,
1: yeah, I think I want to see, I'd love to see like Jeff Bezos rock Elon Musk or or, or Rupert Murdoch. (laughs) I'd take him over both of them. (laughs)
3: kind of like where they all yeah where they all like we do a bracket and they Mm -hmm. all fight each other and then we kind of see who is the most who physically able to fight i feel like just by virtue of the fact that mark zuckerberg is pursuing like (laughs) ufc fighting that he is probably i mean i don't know maybe richard branson could come out there swinging but uh, he's he's a man of leisure Yeah, I don't think that I think he's more of a lover, not a fighter.
4: Yeah, yeah. I think Bezos. I actually think Bezos could hold his own, but yeah. but Zuckerberg I think has too much legitimate training to yeah. to lose. Um, and that helps. I see Bezos as just like uh he's a routine gym guy. So he has he'll he'll hold yeah. his own, but he's not gonna like <laughs> he's this isn't his area of expertise.
3: Yeah. He would also invest in like it, like if it was coming to it bezos would train he would get he would probably hire a pretty high level person he would go into like one of those chirogenic chamber things that zap your muscles Mm -hmm. like yeah to the same amount of like doing a 100 sit-ups or whatever (laughs) yeah (laughs) he would like be using all of like the like most uh elite technologies to like kind of iron man himself i feel like
4: yeah Elon Musk would buy all of those things but he wouldn't use any no, of them. exactly. Then. They'd stay in the boxes. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how no. like he'd have the trainer and then it he would, would just like not do buy the
1: everything definitely. Right. Okay, that is well, just who they are as people. But yeah. I'm glad we don't live in a world where we, we have a to watch skit that happen. The battle
4: of the billionaires. We could, yes. we should.
1: All right. Coming up next for Women's Rights and Women's Wrongs, I had another amazing chat with Amanda Zorowski. She is the lead plaintiff, I believe, in the case in Texas where the state uh, was suing to get some clarification around the abortion ban, which they were successful in doing. But uh, the state immediately appealed that. They were like, "Oh no, doctors using their judgment to save your lives, not that." So she came back to kind of talk about what that trial experience was like and um, what it, what's next. Uh, so stick around for that. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Today, I am back with Amanda Zarowski. She is one of the plaintiffs in a lawsuit against the state of Texas, alleging that its abortion ban is too restrictive when it comes to women with complicated pregnancies. Thank you for joining us, Amanda. We spoke not long ago, but there's been quite a few updates since then.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yes, it has been a whirlwind. Um, yeah. Thank you for having me back. I really appreciate it. I'm of happy course. to be here.
1: Yeah. Our audience loves to hear from you. And we're so thankful that you're so generous with your time and your experiences and um, really curious to know sort of where you're at. So I'm just wondering if broadly you can kind of catch us up to the state of your lawsuit against the state of Texas, but specifically up to um, Judge Mangrum's ruling. And then we'll get into what happened after that. But take us through, um, you know, the, the original outcome of that, which we talked about. We talked about the the nature of your lawsuit last time. So tell us what's happened since up to that initial decision.
0: Sure thing. So about uh, it's been almost three weeks now since we had a two-day hearing here in Austin, and a number of the plaintiffs testified, including myself, as well as a few other patients, and then also some physicians who are listed as plaintiffs. And um, of course, the state brought their own quote-unquote expert witness. Um, And so that was a pretty... I mean, that was an eye-opening couple of days. I've, I've never yeah. been in a courtroom before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty grueling. It was extremely traumatic. It was very painful. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we got through it. We felt it was important to relive our stories for, for the judge to hear. And we were really glad to have our say in court and hold these people accountable and make them look us in the eye and tell us, you know, that they um, acknowledged that we were there. And so, mm-hmm. Um, after the two days, it was kind of a whirlwind. The judge did say that there was so much to review that it would take her a couple of weeks to hand down the ruling and she was spot on. So last Friday, about two weeks to the date, she released her ruling and she ruled in our favor on both the mm-hmm. injunction and the state's filing. So it was really, really <laughs> exciting.
1: Yeah. What did that What did that initial victory feel like, you know, especially after, you know, I'll, I have a f- few questions about the hearing specifically, but after how grueling that was and just how grueling your year has been, take us back to that moment.
0: I think it was really validating in that it felt like, okay, we put ourselves through the ringer. We put ourselves through these horrible couple of days and it wasn't just those two days, right? It was all the buildup no. and the prep and everything, but it felt like it was worth it. And we did this for a reason and it worked and it was validating, I think, also to have a court rule that, yes, we have been harmed and yes, other people are being harmed and this should not be happening. Um, It felt really validating because what the state had filed was a motion to get the entire case dismissed, saying that we didn't have any standing, which is just absurd.
1: For pretty gross reasons, too. Disgusting. Right? I mean, absolutely disgusting. Appalling. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, for example, for my own experience, they said that because I'm struggling with infertility, even worse now, I'm unlikely to be pregnant again. So I can't be harmed <sighs> by this. Well, it's I mean, just... just disgusting. Um, so it was it was pretty validating to have yeah. a judge in a court be like, no, they do have standing. So mm-hmm. it was it was a, it was a good it was a good day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what happened about 12 hours later? <laughs> It was pretty quick after your state was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, we don't like that.
0: Yeah. And we expected this, right? We knew. So we were very optimistic that the judge would um, be friendly to our cause. We didn't know exactly what that would look like. She could um, grant a partial injunction or, you know, they're all shades of gray in between. But we did expect that any victory that we had would be appealed by the state. And it was immediately. And you know again just true to form they're out there touting how proud of themselves they are for appealing so quickly but i think it really speaks to their character it's very on brand right like oh no we we think that people should get harmed like a court has ruled people are being harmed and we're saying we being the state that we think it should continue happening that's essentially what their appeal means is that they acknowledge that people are being harmed because that's how the court has ruled but they think that it should continue so now they've established a clear level of intent, which is just monstrous.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then now, so next, this goes to the state Supreme Court, right? And I believe the hearing for that is not until like March.
0: Yes. So this part is a little murky for me yeah. with my lack of legal background, <laughs> um, but they could have appealed to the mm-hmm. appellate court or okay. appellate court. Um, and they, the state chose to go directly to the Texas Supreme Court, right. which this could be viewed positively or negatively on, on one hand, you mm-hmm. know, we're, we're probably going to end up in front of the Supreme Court eventually anyway. So this, this way it just happens faster. So that could be good for us, especially as plaintiffs. So we're not dragging this out forever. Yeah. But my understanding is that the state Supreme Court doesn't have to agree to hear the case. Mm-hmm. So they might decide not to hear it, in which case it would go back to the appellate court and then mm-hmm. we would start kind of over again.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And the Texas Supreme Court is nine Republican justices, right?
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> not, not quite as friendly as uh, Austin. Travis and I Gowdy. was also reading like
1: at there are at any you know point where this goes next, the ju- a judge could be like, well, they have to decide like what's the status quo, and it's just you know that's worth maintaining. It's just it's pretty appalling that the status quo of women getting. Some of them are like irreparable health outcomes. Is like that's the that's the status quo. We we got to keep it there. We got to keep it there for 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 Texans' sake.
0: Is like they're really at least they're really telling on themselves. Exactly, and that's why you know win or lose, I think that this is going to bring a positive shift. Right, like even if we lose in front of the Supreme Court, like to your point, now they're outing themselves. Like yes, we we are actively saying that pregnant people in the state of Texas are being harmed and should continue to be harmed, and. You know, that's not great for the immediate future, but something major has to change to get a shift in our political landscape in this state. And if that's what it takes, I mean, that's awful. But I can see that still being a positive in the long term, not the outcome we would want. But, you know, you got to find the silver lining in, in these situations. And I think, you know, we are going to see people taking similar action in other states as a result of what we're doing here. And that's huge and that movement and that momentum is going to be crucial and so that's really encouraging we saw the vote in ohio which is near my yeah. home state of indiana on tuesday and i i got to believe that you know some of the some of the noise we're making mm-hmm. is is helping with some of this yes. stuff and so you know there's there's definitely some good no matter what happens mm-hmm.
1: yeah i mean my next question was was going to be you know the injunction is blocked and the ban is in effect for now but just what impact do you think just the hearing had the testimony which was gave you know you and your co-plaintiffs an opportunity and everybody that i talked to was pretty like literally sickened by it one of the plaintiffs was literally sickened by it um what impact do you think that had just in terms of people sort of seeing how these laws are actually implemented like what what happens when you actually implement a ban like this beyond the, the immediate state of the ban
0: you know it was interesting i think when we've spoken out previously and when we've had some milestones previously mm-hmm. it was still a lot of education and people being like oh my gosh i didn't know this was happening i didn't know this is what these bands meant right. and it didn't feel that way this time this time it felt more like yeah we knew yeah. like we've heard about this and we are outraged and now we're going to do something about it. so it feels like we've shifted into a new phase which is really exciting and and really encouraging so you know like i said no matter what happens i think that we're just fueling the momentum, um, and I think every new case that comes and every new story that comes out, it's just going to keep fueling the momentum, and that's critical. I mean, we're coming up on a big election year next year, and. We know that this is going to be a critical issue. So we just got to keep talking about it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you referenced Ohio and I mean, the numbers there, we were talking earlier about how in that outcome, 57% of people voted no on that initiative because they knew it could result in an abortion ban in the state. That's a higher number than Democrats in the state. So it's clear that people, I think that election probably could have gone different like two years ago or a year ago before Roe was overturned and people started hearing what you know, obviously, you know, around here we believe like whatever reason you need an abortion, you should be able to have access to one, but like you said, I think pe- people truly did not believe the extent to which like women's lives would be put at risk by this and I feel like you are really really seeing that impact.
0: Totally. And I think people who live in these kind of swing states or these purple states yeah. are seeing like okay, this is real and this could happen to me. This could happen in my state. Similarly, it's happening across the globe. I've done a number of international interviews where countries that are abortion friendly are bringing light to our lawsuit because wow. they want their citizens to know like, Hey, we've got this right, right now. But if we make some bad decisions, here's what the outcome could look like. That and that gave so, me
1: chills. I oh mean, my God. It, yeah. look, but Like, of course, of course, we're the warning sign across the world, like this is what happens when you do that. And yet like these,
0: these are the same
1: politicians that are like American exceptionalists.
0: It, totally. And it, it sucks to be the cautionary tale, but it's yeah. like people need to know that this is what can happen if, if we let it. And so, yeah. you know, again, that's why we'll just keep talking. Yeah. What
1: were some moments in the hearing where you had to kind of pick your jaw up off the floor? Cause like you said, it was not just you and your co-plaintiffs sharing your stories. There were other people that unfortunately had the opportunity to talk a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, there were. So <laughs> there were a an, an infinite number of jaw-dropping instances. I think anytime anyone from the state's team opened their mouths, it was just like shock after shock. I mean, the callousness with which they questioned us was mind-boggling. And I was the first um, plaintiff to testify. And so when I was cross-examined by the state, we knew that they were not going to be friendly. We were not expecting them to be as monstrous as they were and as cruel as they were. And so that, I think, I'm, I'm very glad I went first because I think then my fellow plaintiffs could see what to expect. And so Mm -hmm. they felt better prepared. So I was, I was glad to to do that, but yeah, just the complete lack of empathy was really surprising. I mean, just on a human level, I think uh, there were multiple times when everybody in that courtroom was crying. And the judge, I mean, I, I don't know that she was crying, but you know, I, I can't help but think she got a little emotional. Mm -hmm. The state's defense team, absolutely no emotion at all. And I'm like, how can you, especially the, the female, how can you as a woman or the, the male who's a father, like, Mm -hmm. how can you just not care? Yeah. That's like, that's chilling to me. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, the, the male, um, I cannot, for the life of me, remember his name. I Googled him like a thousand times and now It's, <laughs> it's that's not just worth not, remembering. Yeah, that's that's not information that my brain is willing to. Well, because they don't before.
1: have their original OG because he's
0: a corrupt monster. So <laughs> that's, right, that's right. He's, he's busy <laughs> elsewhere. Yeah. But anyway, he just kept referencing how he needed to be out of court by a certain time for, no. for childcare duty. And so I got a little bit nosy. And I looked him up, sure enough, he has a daughter. And so badly I wanted to say to him, Yeah, you know what? You're welcome for fighting for your daughter's rights that you're working so hard to take away from her. Absolutely. Knowing that he has a daughter, I mean it just Yeah Boggles the mind
1: taking rights away from her and also openly acknowledging that there are repercussions to having kids that not all people are like, oh, I got to leave to take care of my kids. Like exactly, exactly, sir. Yeah.
0: Yep. And I'm like, what about, what about my fellow plaintiff who has multiple Mm -hmm. children and had to drive from Houston and find childcare, but oh no, let us bow to you to get out on time so that you can go, you know,
1: I mean,
0: just they're above in their minds. They're just above Mm -hmm. any repercussions, any laws, any, anything was there just
1: a specific part of the ban that was at issue here? Like specifically physicians being able to practice their good
0: judgment to the exceptions. Can you kind of just like
1: uh, specify clarify that?
0: Well, and that's actually something important to clarify that I think yeah. a lot of people don't understand is that the hearing was just for the two motions that were filed. So on our side, the injunction and on the state side to dismiss the case entirely. Okay. The, right. the lawsuit as a whole is yeah. saying that, The ban has an exception and the exception needs to be more clear of exactly what you said. When a doctor or a physician can exercise their best judgment and what qualifies as a medical emergency. That's what we're asking is for clarification, because right now it's not clear enough. And so we're not even asking for them to reverse it or overturn it. We're asking for the bare minimum, which on its face is letting doctors do their jobs. And it's insane Absolutely. that the state is saying, nope, we don't think doctors should be able to do their jobs, even when pregnant people are on death door. Right. You have to, it's, it's just, it's, it's unbelievable that you
1: even, the concept of even like physicians having to ask permission to do their jobs. And then for that permission to be denied after, after everything you just spoke about the consequence of that is as well. Thanks for clarifying that. So what's next for you, you know, personally, in terms of your advocacy around this and what do you, what do you think is coming next for, for this specific case in this lawsuit?
0: yeah so for the case we're just um you know kind of in a holding pattern we're just waiting to see what happens with the supreme court kind of waiting to see what the next step is what the next path is um i think there are a number of different paths that could come to fruition i don't know which one is most likely some involve a full trial some will involve you know the deposition and all those things some will just be um, lawyers arguing in a courtroom and plaintiffs won't be testifying again. So there's there's any number of things that could happen with the case. And we're just waiting um, to get more information on that. As far as me personally, um, yeah, advocating as much as I can, you know, providing support as other people in other mm-hmm. states might bring similar lawsuits, doing whatever I can to support those folks, um, doing whatever I can to support uh, pro-abortion organizations and providers. I mean, honestly, just anything I can to help, um, you know, I'll do it.
1: Yeah. Well, you're tireless, so I'm sure we will have you back, but thank you so much for joining us again today. We really appreciate it.
0: Sure thing. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. That
1: is the end of our show until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Sage. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca sous Editing by Rebecca sous Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at Betches.com. Betches.